Soulmates. We have plenty to discuss on this Thursday, January 5th. Happy Founders Day to the captivating men of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. My husband's Anoop. Welcome to Fox Soul's Black Report. I'm Courtney Hicks. Well, my father's Anoop. Okay. But I'm just Nicordelai Corte. We are honored to stand behind this desk each day to take you on a journey across Black America and the stories that impact our people. Yeah, we're going to bring you our views, our news, our views, and our voice. And topping in uh, top at uh, today's headlines, let's go to a family of an Illinois pastor killed in a car accident. They are asking for answers after the driver at fault has not been charged in this death. Now, according to reports, 87-year-old Pastor Neely Dotson was killed in the crash last May, but no one was ever charged in the accident, and the officers say the driver who hit Dotson was going more than 70 miles per hour. Now, the family wants to know why this driver was only ticketed for speeding. In addition, reports detail the driver also reportedly did not provide a blood and or urine sample at the hospital after indications that he reeked of alcohol and marijuana. The case is still being investigated. The Massachusetts woman convicted of fatally stabbing her two young sons in what police called a ritualistic killing was sentenced this week. 48-year-old Latarsha Sanders will serve a mandatory term of life in prison. Her sentencing came a day after she was convicted by a jury on two counts of first-degree murder in the February 2018 deaths of 8-year-old Edson Brito and 5-year-old Layson Brito. The boys were found in the family's third floor apartment, wrapped in bedding. They had each been stabbed multiple times with a kitchen knife that was later found in the sink. They were pronounced dead at the scene. According to police, Sanders told investigators that the killing had to do with, quotes voodoo stuff. Sanders' sentence of life is without the possibility of parole. All right, just a sickening story there. Moving on, an NYPD police officer has been suspended pending an investigation following a shocking viral video. We want to warn you, it may be a bit disturbing to watch. The video posted this week shows an officer attacking and beating a 12-year-old black girl outside of a New York City middle school. Reports say it took place in Staten Island. There is no context to the brief eight-second video, which shows students surrounding two uniformed officers and the girl being attacked. The other officer can be seen throwing at least one blow at the 12-year-old girl. Now, NYPD uh, said officers were intervening in a fight that was already underway, but the actions of those officers is under investigation by the Eternal Affairs Bureau. New details this morning regarding Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin. He remains in critical condition and in intensive care. However, the team says he's showing signs of improvement. Hamlin's agent is reporting that he is awake and has been holding hands with family in the hospital. The Bills also tweeting out, while still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal and he is making steady progress. Now, meanwhile, sports apparel company Fanatics says it will donate all sales of Hamlin's jersey to his foundation. Since Monday, the foundation has received over $6 million in donations. Several NFL teams, including the Commanders, have donated. And this was uh, yeah. really great news to hear. Oh, amazing Especially news. following that very, very, very uh, mm -hmm. you know, devastating play. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one thing to hear about it. It's mm -hmm. another thing to see it mm -hmm. on, on tape. Yeah. Uh, uh, but... Uh, 
you know, sounds like prayers are being answered. Yeah, and the concern with him being down so long, it's good to hear that neurologically, at least according to these reports, he seems to be coming around and or intact, uh, which was, you know, when I was thinking about the situation, a, a main concern, I know they had him sedated, um, but you know, when, when you come up out of that, um, where exactly are you, neurologically speaking? And so it's good to hear that he is communicating, holding hands. Touch is so very important in situations like that. I kind of went through that uh, with my dad, um, but it, it's just an amazing story. And you know, the prayers continue. I mean, this isn't this isn't done. He's really just beginning uh, this battle. So let's not forget to continue uh, his to, to keep his family and, and the whole NFL family in prayers. And for other folks who are just going through and and not in the best of health, let's just health. Let's just be prayerful across the board. And a major shout out to the medical team and especially mm -hmm. the emergency response team. You know, just yesterday we were reporting on the use of, of AEDs. Mm -hmm. um, these are uh, the devices that, that folks use to, to really save lives. Uh, you know, there's CPR training and then there's AED training. Mm -hmm. uh, and what a difference, what a difference it made having those, those emergency responders on hand and having that technology mm -hmm. on hand mm -hmm. um, to be able to save his life. And so uh, really, really, really good news to hear. And we're, when we're happy to report it. That's right, and come on with the money. You better support this man at his cause. Six million dollars. It's a beautiful thing. That's it's a right. beautiful thing. All right, let's go to the West, where a state of emergency has been declared in California as a powerful storm system moves through the area. The storm is bringing heavy rain and high winds and comes just days after a New Year's Eve storm left one dead and flooded countless homes and businesses. Officials are particularly concerned about the Central Coast. Anticipate that this may be one of the most challenging and impactful series of storms to touch down in California in the last five years. If the storm materializes as we anticipate, we could see widespread flooding, mudslides, and power outages in many communities. The governor activated the state operations center to its highest level. Now, the state was uh, hit by a bomb cyclone with hurricane force winds. The strongest wind slammed the Bay Area with speeds as high as 85 miles per hour. There's fears of more flooding and mudslides as the state was just hit by a different storm system over the weekend, bringing deadly floods. Now, the National Weather Service says there are more signs lingering into next week. Stay safe. The family of rapper Theophilus London says he's been found safe and is doing well. London's family reported him missing to the LADP last week, saying that the 35-year-old uh, had not been in contact since July. The Grammy-nominated artist was reportedly last seen in October on Skid Row after leaving his home on Ventura Boulevard. No other details have been released uh, with the family, uh, thanking the public for its support, but asking for privacy, and that was the LAPD. Yeah, that's yes. good news. All right, a serial scammer who gained popularity as a teenager when he impersonated a doctor is heading back to prison after pleading guilty to stealing more than $10,000 from his employer. 25-year-old Malachi Love Robinson, you remember this guy, received a two-year, four-month sentence after pleading guilty in Palm Beach, 
County, Florida, to grand theft and organized scheme defraud, a scheme to defraud, that is. Now, in 2020, Robinson's was working uh, as a salesperson for a shipping company. Now, instead of having customers make payments to the company, Love Robinson had them send money to accounts that he controlled. Now, you may remember this guy. Uh, he was the uh, first, to, he first came to national attention in 2016 as an 18-year-old when he was arrested after opening the New Birth Life Center Medical Center, identifying himself as a gynecologist and calling himself Dr. Love. So I'm just surprised that he's out and about and able to just, you know, scamming seems to be in his blood and this is what he seems to be prone to. And I'm just surprised there haven't been more, you know, restrictions or he hasn't maybe been sought after or, you know, maybe that employer was just giving him a chance. And uh, this just seems to be something that he's, he's prone to do. So he, he might need to stay put for a little bit longer if there is a lesson to be learned. Sometimes people just don't learn the lesson. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think it's also a reminder for us that we need to, you know, trust but verify, mm -hmm. right? And so, um, you know, this isn't the first case that I've heard of of people, of somebody posing as a as a doctor or as a healthcare professional mm -hmm. uh, when they really don't have those credentials. And mm -hmm. so it's just another reminder uh, that uh, we've got to be on the lookout and just verify that people are who they say they are and mm -hmm. don't be so quick um, you know, to believe that people are who they say they Especially are. Especially as we continue in this social media uh, era mm -hmm. where you can pretty much front, as we used to say back in my day, front and make up whoever it is you want to be. And so, I, you know, across my social media accounts, I've always prided myself, if you will, of just showing up and, and, and staying genuine and authentic. And then, you know, knowing when to place those boundaries, when sometimes you just need to keep things and moments to yourself. Um, uh, but you, you have generations now who this is what they were born into, this is all they know, and this is how they express themselves. And sometimes I think they get caught up in, yeah. in the, another term, really Bobos. That's what we used to say back then. Oh, Willie Bobo? Willie Bobos, honey. Who's a Willie Bobo? People who fake the funk. That's oh. old school, too. Okay. Yeah. I learned something new today. Yes, you do. Uh huh. Uh huh. Generation. Uh, Millennial. No. <laughs> <laughs> a millennial generation. But look, well, moving on. Meanwhile, X. in the nation's capital, the house is really stuck. And as we wait for a vote number seven today, there are no signs that anyone has budged. Take a look at this. Speaker has not been elected. A speaker has not been elected. A speaker has not been elected. Three more votes and three more fails for Kevin McCarthy. Are you angry at the people who have lost no, the situation? not at all. I think it's productive. Not productive enough, though, for the House to elect a new speaker. In fact, McCarthy lost one Republican, Indiana's Victoria Sparts, who simply voted present. And he keeps coming up short with 20 others who support someone else, most recently, Florida's Byron Donalds. Leadership is something that is earned here in the nation's capital, not just given. And that's not an anti-Kevin statement. That is an indictment of the political process here in Washington, D.C. Holdout conservatives are still pushing for more concessions from McCarthy, ranging from plum committee assignments to expanding the power of rank-and-file lawmakers. Even a McCarthy endorsement from the former president, Donald Trump, did nothing to change the numbers. And as most Republicans support McCarthy, there is growing frustration. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. 
the sixth vote wrapped up yesterday afternoon uh, and the seventh vote wrapped up this morning. Uh, we'll bring you the latest on whether McCarthy made any progress, which uh, is his critics, um, you know, are um, not suspecting mm -hmm. that he will be making very many uh, very much progress today. Yeah, and continuing with this story, in the fourth and fifth round of House voting, McCarthy's loudest opponents nominated Byron Donalds of Florida, who you saw there in that clip. Now, the nomination of Byron Donalds uh, for House Speaker comes after Democrats tap Hakeem Jeffries, making some think this is uh, just a token nomination and has lawmakers using black candidates as uh, pawns in their political game. Uh, game. Florida Rep. Uh, Byron Donalds on Wednesday received 20 votes for Speaker of of the House, but it's nowhere near the 218 votes needed to be elected, but it was just enough to block the bid of House Minority Speaker Kevin McCarthy. And it's a cause for a celebration. The largest ever class of the Congressional Black Caucus was officially sworn in at a ceremony this week. Nevada Rep. Stephen Horsford has become its new leader, replacing outgoing Chairwoman Representative Joyce Beatty of Ohio. The historic class of 58 representatives are celebrating the milestone from the first CBC from 50 years ago when there were only 13 members with Representative Shirley Chisholm as the lone woman. And the rest of the caucus leadership is made up of New York Rep Yvette Clark as the first vice chair, Louisiana Rep Troy Carter as the second vice chair, Georgia Rep Lucy McBath as secretary, and Washington Rep Marilyn Strickland as the caucus's whip. All are Democrats. Speaking of Democrats, 25-year-old Maxwell Frost will be the youngest member of Congress after winning the election to replace Congresswoman Val Demings in District 10. But we'll have to couch surf because he's unable to purchase a home or rent an apartment. Frost has spent the past few weeks in orientation and putting together his staff, which he says will be a mix of experience and his younger movement but he's still without a Washington address as the House comes to session. He said on a morning news show that he still hasn't gotten a lease since being elected in November due to the rates and his credit score. Frost says he quit his uh, full-time job because he knew that to win at 25 years old, he needed to be a full-time candidate to win. All right, back to the Santo story. A rally and protest is being held in D.C. this week to hold newly elected Representative George Santos accountable for lies protesters say he told his voters. Demonstrators say Santos has told countless lies to supporters, but the most offensive at the moment, a tweet that has resurfaced of the lawmaker saying that that uh, he was biracial. Santos saying in his uh, tweet from 2020 that there's no need for the Negro national anthem and that the Star Spangled Banner is good for all Americans because Dr. King didn't die for us to be segregated. That's a quote now from that tweet. Now, when asked what races uh, he was mixed with, Santos replied, quote, Caucasian and black. Now. Santos has yet to provide context or an explanation to his ethnicity. Tweets also recount Santos lying about being Jewish and his former work background. And the nose just keeps growing and growing 
and growing. <laughs> my, my, it is it is unreal my, how he's still been able to advance to no, get to this point. His Pinocchio nose is growing so much that it might poke you through the TV screen. My goodness. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just, just like a, a, a privilege kind of thing where you're just not questioned. Uh, when nobody um, does any research or, I mean, let me submit a resume somewhere, they're calling everybody. It's just another reminder that we, you know, we've got to trust but verify, mm -hmm. right? And are people who they say they are? I mean, remember, we're living in the age of misinformation mm -hmm. and disinformation. And so it's not all that hard for people to, you know, create uh, this, this uh, mirage, this idea of who they, who they are. are. And, and and to to use social media, you know, to quickly rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, mm -hmm. you know, so that you know people have this idea of who they are, which is far from who they really are. And so, you know, if you want to know the end, you got to understand the beginning. Yeah. And you know, uh, this guy's only getting started, mm -hmm. you know. But I have a feeling that there's probably um, more lies that are going to come out yeah. uh, as he. Uh, enters into his first term in Congress. Yeah, and I know that people of, of mixed uh, heritage come out in all kinds of different shades and shapes and things like that, but when, but but knowing his lying record and him coming up saying that he's black and Caucasian as a means to justify his tweet, uh, it, it, was, it was a bit much. It is a bit much. It's and, and, a bit much. And, and hopefully the, the voters in his district are paying extra close attention. Yeah. I mean, talk about being sold a bill of goods. Hmm. You know, somebody, you know, running on a platform and running with an identity that is uh, far from who they they show up as mm -hmm. uh, once they get to Congress. I mean, this is one of the things that frustrates people. Yeah. You know, this is why people are so cynical. Some folks are so cynical about politics is yeah. because they feel like, you know, people get there and they do what they want to do. Yeah, and may maybe the voters in, in this area will, will be a little bit more vigilant next time around. We shall see. <laughs> uh, well, coming up, there's no end in sight for Southwest Airlines, mm. as now more customers are coming forth against the company. Yeah, we'll have the latest in that lawsuit and those impacted the most by the airline's cancellations. When we return, you're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. Welcome back, Soulmates. Let's go to North Carolina, where a sheriff resigned a second time this week in the aftermath of a leaked audio recording in which he called black employees by derogatory names and said they should be fired. That's right. Jody Green was reelected to a second term as Columbus County's sheriff just last fall, despite the fact that weeks earlier he had resigned after a recording of his racist comments were leaked. Green was sworn back into office just last week, prompting the district attorney to relaunch an effort to get Green removed from office and permanently disqualified. Chief Deputy Kevin Norris will serve as interim sheriff until the County Board of Commissioners appoints a permanent replacement. And small children are facing a growing risk in the form of marijuana gummies. Now, over the past five years, the number of states allowing recreational cannabis has more than doubled. We've talked about this here. Uh, and a new study says cases of kids ingesting edibles have grown exponentially. 
Emergency health and poison control experts are sounding the alarm. They say a growing number of very young children are accidentally ingesting edible marijuana products, often mistaking them for candy. Over the past five years, the number of states allowing recreational cannabis has more than doubled. And during that period, the number of reports of children under six ingesting these products increased by more than 1,300 percent, according to an analysis published in the Journal of Pediatrics. The study's authors believe a number of factors are driving the trend. Was it because of increased legalization? Was it because of, you know, the the lockdown with more kids being at home? Um, We don't know exactly the answer to that. Intended to be relaxing or even medicinal, adult-sized doses of cannabis products can have toxic effects on a small child's body. Over the past five years, accidental ingestions resulted in symptoms ranging from vomiting, to difficulty breathing and, in rare cases, required mechanical ventilation. We always encourage that the products be kept um, up, away, and out of reach of children, locked if possible. If you're concerned a child may have accidentally eaten a cannabis product, confidential help is available at poisonhelp.org. The site also provides a phone number for those wanting to talk to a trained expert. And the study's authors also say toddlers are especially at risk because they're just starting to explore, but not uh, old enough to realize that uh, thing looks like candies and uh, maybe uh, something else. And let me tell you, I, we've talked about this before, and I know people are, you know, cheering on the whole idea of of of, of making it legal as far as mm-hmm. recreationally speaking. Um, but this is one of the the fallouts that uh, you know. These gummies and and I mean, you just have all kind of of cannabis products that look like candy that are very attractive, uh, you know, to uh, the the young uh, children. And unfortunately, I think this is something that we're going to have to really stay. I use the word vigilant a lot uh, and making sure, as the piece said, we lock these things up and that we don't entice uh, young people to uh, think that this is candy because it looks very similar. And right now we're really undergoing a culture shift Mm -hmm. where, you know, you have cannabis that's available in so many different forms. So mm-hmm. so it's not just candy, but you know, it's brownies, you know, brownies and, candy bars, and cookies and yes. rice krispie treats. Kool-Aid. And, right? Um, and all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And and that's gonna continue to increase, yeah. but it just means that folks have got to make sure that they, you know, create a bit of a separation between sort of the adult candies yes. and, and adult treats uh, versus the treats for kids. Otherwise we're going to be reporting on, you know, you know, more stories mm-hmm. where, you know, kids, you know, are harmed mm-hmm. um, or hurt, uh, you know, by the access to uh, these and, gummies and, sometimes and even adults other cannabis products. When, when they're when they're just out, you know, for consumption, I thought a rice crisp retreat was a rice crisp retreat and I had a bout. <laughs> it was devastating and I've never I don't partake. And so to ingest something like that and yeah. not know that that's what that was. Yeah. Oh, it was it was really something. Yeah, 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 I bet it was. I bet it just took you on a whole journey. I was journey. just crying you, you and laughing. To go. I wasn't crying, laughing, crying. I just had to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> There's more to the story, but well, I'm so I can't glad, talk I'm, too much I'm so, about it. I'm so glad you woke up and you're here with us today. <laughs> I thought it was a rice krispie treat. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, now moving along, uh, facing a mountain of backlash and possible legal action. Southwest Airlines is offering travelers 25,000 reward points. That's right. Between December 22nd and January 2nd, thousands of flights were either canceled or delayed due to many factors, including company-wide staffing and operational issues. Southwest initially 
linked the delays to the harsh snowstorms that swept parts of the U.S. However, U.S. Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg, he ain't buying it. Mm. He's saying, quote, other airlines face similar challenges, but were able to bounce back quickly. Now, in what the Southwest CEO is calling a, quote, gesture of goodwill to impacted customers, the airline announced the 25,000 points reward, which equates to about $300. Ooh. That will never expire and carries no blackout dates. That ain't enough. Southwest is going to continue to catch it. There's a class action lawsuit already been being filed against Southwest Airlines from those very uh, passengers, very same passengers claiming the carrier did not provide prompt refunds. Fox's Damali Keith spoke to a Houston small business owner who almost missed an opportunity of a lifetime due to the airline's chaos. All I thought was all of the work we did to get here for nothing. Houston small business owner Kim Roxy launched Lamique Beauty more than 15 years ago. And one of her greatest gifts ever, she was scheduled to make her home shopping network debut three days after Christmas. This was a once in a lifetime opportunity. But heading to that opportunity, her Southwest Airlines flight was canceled, and then so was nearly every Southwest flight, and all of the other airlines were booked solid. I looked up several different rental car companies, and they were sold out. Um, and then finally I found one that wasn't. She arrived to secure the rental, and the line was out the door. But I was able to get a car, and then we hit the road. Um, and this is my family. I have a seven-year-old daughter. She started documenting this 17-hour drive with her hubby and daughter on social media, and Houstonians showed up in droves to cheer her on, hoping she would make it in time. Um, I've never gotten that many comments, that much, <laughs> that much encouragement. Southwest has given her a refund, but the airline created this webpage and added this travel disruption section on its website because it's still issuing refunds. And Southwest says it will reimburse passengers for rental cars, food, hotels and other expenses. They're also emailing some passengers, including Kim Roxy, 25,000 bonus frequent flyer points. Let's bump it up to 100,000, especially for your loyal customers. By the way, Houston's cosmetic queen, famous for her brow powder. Domalee, I created this because I have a form of alopecia. She made it to her HSN appearance. When we got there, it was everything I thought it was. <laughs> I just thinking about it even makes me emotional. Domalee Keith, Fox 26 News. Oh, I'm so happy for her. I know Kim. I met. Now, I don't know if she's originally from D.C., but we met in D.C. back in the 2010s. She was just getting uh, Lamique off um, of the ground. It was at some kind of women's conference, and she was in the lobby, and she did my eyebrows. And I was like, "Ooh, girl, this is good." And I have some of her cosmetics upstairs in our in our dressing room. Oh wow! So I'm so when I saw this, I was like, "Kim," and I'm so happy for her, and I'm so glad she was able to get to where uh, she needed to be. You know, those QVC moments only come sometimes once in a lifetime, but for some don't come at all. And, and to have almost missed that probably would have been devastating as she has been doing this for a very long time. And, and I often say it speaks to the idea that the only way you don't win is if you give up. She's been she's been at this since really, I want to say about 2010 or so. Uh, and she's just arriving at this moment. So uh, not only is it a lesson in, in just, um, you know, using all of your resources, but also to just 
persevere and keep going. Yeah, and that's a good mantra just whenever you're traveling, mm -hmm. you know, to, you know, make sure that you have that don't give up spirit. That's right. You know, because especially when the weather gets bad, you know, you, you, you do want to give up. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes it's it's out of your hands. And I remember a story right after uh, uh, the holidays, right after Christmas, mm -hmm. where there was a man in Fairbanks, Alaska, mm -hmm. uh, whose flight was grounded. Uh, his flight to Seattle was grounded. He was on his way to get a heart transplant. Oh, and you know, we all know how difficult one. it is to get on the transplant list, and you know people one. wait years and years and years uh, to get those transplant transplants. And the fact that this man. Uh, didn't get his simply because he missed his flight. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you consider stories like that, mm -hmm. is a $300 yeah. uh, voucher for a ticket, is that yeah. enough? Is 25,000 no, points not enough? I and, don't and, think and, so. And I, I read that uh, one young lady drove 10 hours to go get her stranded granny. So the stories are just are just out there. And, yeah. and we're just, you know, hearing about some of them. And Southwest has some work to do. All right. Well, do your work, <laughs> uh, Southwest. Uh, meanwhile, this week, Amazon notified employees it plans to cut 18,000 jobs amid slowdowns in consumer and corporate spending. The Amazon layoffs represent the largest layoff at any tech company in recent months. Bigger by number, not percent, than workforce reductions at Meta, Snap, and Twitter. The 18,000 count includes both previously announced cuts, which focused largely on the company's devices and books business, as well as newly announced reductions that involve other units, including Amazon's people and technology team. Now, Amazon CEO Andy Jassy said that the company planned to divulge the cuts later but sped up its announcement after a teammate leaked the information externally. Mm, how sway. Come on, Amazon. All right, now that uh, New Year, the New Year is here, many of us soulmates were either maybe, what, still holding on to our resolutions or have you completely given them up already? Uh, but for those looking to put down the bottle this year and pick up a mocktail, you're not alone. A dry January is something that uh, many are after in 2023. It's a thing. Check it out. ushered in a new year, putting all the holiday celebrations and parties behind us. Now a growing number of drinkers are choosing to avoid alcohol for the month as they participate in dry January. According to consumer research group CGA, 35% of people raised an alcoholic alternative in 2022, up from 21% in 2019. And that number's expected to be even higher this year. People want to continue to build and maintain these new habits, but still go out and gather and have fun. In response to the influx of people turning to sober options, companies are creating alcohol-free beers, wines, and spirits. And more and more bars and restaurants are putting them on the menu. Sales of non-alcoholic beverages spiked by more than 20% last year, with continued growth predicted through at least 2026, according to data. Event ticketing site Eventbrite says classes and other events are also reflecting the trend of people wanting to socialize while sober. We've seen that mocktail events on Eventbrite have more than doubled compared to last year. And attendance to these types of events have grown by nearly three times. Medical experts say dry January is a good opportunity to reset the body and focus on overall wellness. It's really about them coming back into balance, getting their metabolism back in order, getting their blood sugar back in balance and 
really helping to increase hydration. Those aren't the only health benefits from abstaining from drinking for 31 days. A new study finds a month without booze led to better sleep, less anxiety, and more energy. In New York, Anna Eliopoulos, Fox News. And the research also shows people who participate in dry January often continue to drink less even six to eight months later. Whatever you decide to do, um, make sure you do it responsibly. I, um, I, love, I enjoy a splash of champagne. Just a splash? Just a splash every <laughs> now and again. Um, but I, and I had my feel uh, for um, uh, New Year's uh, Eve at uh-huh. my home, the privacy of my home, and I'm good for a while. I'm good for a while. I know some people, you know, talk about the health uh, benefits of maybe when you get into wine, uh, red wine and things like that. But uh, I find it for me necessary just to pull up. I'm, but I'm not a consistent drinker anyway. But I have to have a taste for it, you know. And for me, it's not liquor. I can't stand the taste of liquor. It has to be like a prosecco, a champagne, yeah. a sweet dessert wine for me. How about you? Well, I mean, you know, look, I enjoy a good drink. Ha! Uh, a stiff one. Right? Uh, brown liquor among friends, oh, wow. mm-hmm. you know, or you know, a nice, uh, uh, you know, wine or, mm-hmm. or, or even a nice little uh, uh, Stella beer okay. from time to time. Uh, but, you know, I actually think it's a good idea to reset, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I haven't been shy about sharing, you know, you know, my doing the Daniel fast yes. uh, at the top of the year, uh, just getting that started. Uh, I have mm-hmm. friends that have done Whole30. I have never done that, but I'm, I'm, that. I'm thinking about it. And so mm-hmm. I think there's a, there's, there's a movement around people being just more conscious of uh, of wellness mm-hmm. and leaning into to resetting, mm-hmm. uh, which may mean going without alcohol for a little bit, but you know, a little bit ain't forever. Mm-hmm. A Stella, a rote, a rote, what is that, Stella? Yeah, well, uh-huh. Stella Artois. Bougie wine. I like a Modelo That's a beer. Myself. That's a beer. I mean beer. That's it. Bougie beer. No, it ain't. <laughs> no, it, it is. isn't. Okay. Soulmates, you decide. <laughs> There's more Bougie coming up beer. on Fox Soul's Black Report. How one black-owned business is making not millions, but billions of dollars. That's right. We're going to tell you how when we return. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. Welcome back, Soulmates. If you're just joining us, let's tap back into our top stories of the day. We begin uh, with a warning that this video may be disturbing as uh, NYD police officers uh, have been suspended pending an investigation following a shocking viral video. Now, the video posted this week shows an officer attacking and beating a 12-year-old black girl outside of a New York City middle school. Reports say this took place in Staten Island. There is really no context to the brief eight-second video, which shows students surrounding two uh, uniformed officers and the girl being attacked. Now, the other officer can be seen throwing at least one blow at the 12-year-old girl. The actions of those officers is under investigation by the Internal Affairs Bureau. And the family of rapper Theophilus Uh, London says he has been found safe and is doing well. London's family reported him missing to the LAPD uh, last week, saying the 35-year-old had not been in contact with them since July. Now, the Grammy-nominated artist was reportedly last seen in October on Skid Row after leaving his home on Ventura Boulevard. No other details have been released, with the family thanking the public for its support. But... 
asking for privacy. And a state of emergency has been declared in California as a powerful storm system moves through the area. The storm is bringing heavy rain and high winds and comes just days after a New Year's Eve storm left one dead and flooded countless homes and businesses. Officials are particularly concerned about the Central Coast. Now, the National Weather Service says there are more storms lingering into next week. So, Mitz, we want you to stay safe. All right, 25-year-old Maxwell Frost will be the youngest member of Congress after winning the election to replace Congresswoman Val Demings in District 10, but will have to couch surf because he's unable to purchase a home or rent an apartment. He said on a morning news show that he still hasn't gotten a lease uh, since being elected in November due to the rates and his credit score. Frost says he quit his full-time job because he knew that to win at 25 years old, he needed to be a full-time candidate. New quarter lot over to you. Thanks, Courtney. Now off to Atlanta, where the FBI is still on the hunt for individuals who vandalize Ebenezer Baptist Church. The Bureau is offering a reward to anyone willing to provide information into the vandalism of the church. Now, the church pastored by Senator Reverend Raphael Warnock and where Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. preached was vandalized last July following the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. A group dressed in all black is accused of spray painting the church with a threatening message that read, quotes, if abortions aren't safe, neither are you. Police say the vandalism took place on July 3rd of 2022, the same night the city faced protests over the Supreme Court's decision. And Hakeem's Bookstore, one of the first and oldest black-owned bookshops in Philadelphia, will soon be bookmarked in Pennsylvania's history by an official blue and yellow historical marker. Now, the bookstore has been advocating the power of knowledge in the fight for racial justice for decades. The store is located in the West Philadelphia area. And in just a few weeks, the small storefront that houses hundreds of works by African-American authors will receive the high honor and be bookmarked in Pennsylvania's history. Bloomberg recently launched a new HBCU trading challenge. The first round of the competition was held for 60 HBCU students. The event called the Bloomberg and HBCU's ESG Trading Challenge is a virtual investment competition. Students from Clark Atlanta University, Howard University, Hampton University, Morehouse College, and Morgan State University were among the first groups, group of students to participate. Uh, students invested one million virtual dollars, virtual U.S. dollars across securities while receiving support from faculty advisors and training from Bloomberg employees. The winner was decided based on the trade performance of each participant. Students also receive direct access to Bloomberg recruiters who provide professional development support around interviewing and resume creation. And sticking with HBCUs for a moment, Clarence uh, Armbruster, president of Johnson C. Smith University, will retire this summer from the historically black university located in Charlotte. Armbrister made the announcement this week that his five-year tenure will come to an end in June. The Charlotte Observer reports this. Uh, JCSU's Board of Trustees will search for his replacement while Armbrister serves as senior advisor until early 2024 to help the new president. His contract expires at the end of the school year. 
All right, soulmates, have you heard of McKessack and McKessack? Mm-hmm. Well, I hadn't either until this story. It's a black and woman-owned architecture construction firm which oversees, get this, $15 billion in projects across the country. Under the leadership of founder and CEO Daryl McKissack and her network of diverse employees, the company is breaking barriers and shattering glass ceilings. Some of the company's projects have included the new Museum of African American History and Culture on the National Mall and the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial in Washington, D.C. With a one thousand dollar budget mckissack a howard university alumna started her firm and it became an extension of the nation's oldest minority-owned design and construction firm tracing back to its founder moses mckissack wow love to hear that black excellence and you know and and we love bringing these stories uh to you uh, soulmates um because they're out there and very rarely uh, do you hear about them. You, you, you're always going to hear, you know, the doom and gloom and, and what our community isn't doing and what we should be doing. But rarely uh, is there time focused in on what is happening on, on the positive side, you know, economically uh, in our communities with these black owned uh, companies. So, you know, a, a salute. And uh, that is amazing. And those, those, her budget, that, what she oversees is amazing as well. We're talking billions of dollars. Yeah, and, it's, and especially given that the uh, architecture industry is not a very diverse industry. Mm-mm. I mean, you know, I remember when I was an undergrad at USC, one of my uh, college roommates, um, Alger, uh, he studied architecture. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of work. It is. You know, and he wasn't expecting to make a whole lot of money mm-hmm. uh, uh, when uh, he graduated. Uh, it takes a lot of time to, mm-hmm. to get to the point uh, where, where she's at, but um, what a powerful demonstration of what's possible it in is. the architecture industry. Absolutely. My husband's in construction. Uh, he's an engineer by nature, um, by trade rather. And uh, maybe there's one architecture that he consistently works with that is that is black. And you're right. It's not really a diverse uh, community or a diverse industry at all. Yeah. So when we, when we hear about it, we got to tell about it. That's right. That's right. Coming up, Janet Jackson, you know she's going out on tour, but uh, it's what she's doing before this tour starts that has folks talking. That's right. We're going to tell you what she's doing to make sure everything's in control. You're watching Fox Souls Black Report. That was good. (laughs) I don't think we pay for clearance, but I could do like this and people would know what what I'm talking about and they know what you're talking about. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. Well, this is actually serious, though, but it's a good look. Janet Jackson will conduct Me Too checks uh, on everyone from staff to dancers ahead of her Together Again tour. That's right. She's making sure that no one involved in her next tour has a history of sexual assault. Beyonce also did this while recording her Renaissance album after Drunken Love producers. Uh, details were arrested for sexual assault. Now, according to an insider, these background checks are costly, but to Jackson, it's worth it. The tour, which will also feature Ludacris, is expected to bring in many millions Mm. and will be a massive event. Inside sources say that Janet is determined uh, that everyone working on the tour will be completely comfortable and in a safe environment 
Again, the Together Again Tour kicks off April 14th in Hollywood, Florida. With Luda, Ludacris uh, as her opening act. Good for her. She did She did say that she took a note from, uh, you know, Beyonce to really just secure that atmosphere. So good for Janet. All right, moving on. More skeletons are coming out about R. Kelly since the release of the final chapters of Surviving R. Kelly. The latest episode explored the imprisoned singer's controversial marriage to then 15-year-old Aaliyah, it was revealed that R. Kelly silenced the late songstress and her family following the annulment of the marriage with a non-disclosure agreement. Um, someone close to R. Kelly's camp, a former security guard and childhood friend, appeared in the docuseries claiming that Aaliyah's father was furious about the union and forced the annulment. Now, in June of 2022, R. Kelly was sentenced to 30 years in prison after being found guilty of sex trafficking and racketeering. In September 2021, the R&B superstar still faces charges in other states. Tabitha Brown is launching her third line at Target. This collection is all about nourishing the mind, body, and soul with delightful and, yes, colorful vegan-based food and cookware for your kitchen, hoping to bring love to every home and family gathering. Now, according to Essence Magazine, her newest line feels like an extension of her recent cookbook, Cooking from the Spirit, Easy, Delicious, and Joyful Plant-Based Inspirations. As she has a similar mission with this collection to provide accessible, non-intimidating vegan-based products and solutions to everyday life. Beginning Sunday, January 8th, you can shop the collection on Target.com and in most Target stores. Prices range from $2.99 to $90, with many items just under $10, the most expensive being kitchen decor and accessories. Wow, come on, Tab. I love her. I remember following her back when she was just sitting in her car talking about a, a vegan burger yeah. I remember years ago. And again, persistence, not giving up. And here we are, yeah. um, where she is just doing doing it. I, I bought one of her. I mean, it's just it's this lifestyle mm -hmm. line, you know. Because I've I've gotten candles. There was like picnic tableware and things of that nature. And I just love her spirit. She's consistent, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm just really happy and excited for her and how she's brought in the whole family into the fold. And I say keep it keep it going and keep yeah. it moving. Yeah, and she did a really great interview right here on Fox Soul with Jasmine mm -hmm. Brand she not did. too long ago, mm -hmm. and she has an open invitation to to come join us here on Fox Soul's Black Report, uh, especially as, you know, we um, look to learn more about mm -hmm. the vegan movement and what mm -hmm. that looks like in black communities and black yeah. households across the country. And some of that stuff looks real good. All right, the NBA wanted to make sure player Donovan Mitchell wasn't cheating when the Cavaliers played the Bulls this week as the league gave him a drug test following his 71-point game. This action is legal according to the collective bargaining agreement between the NBA and the National Basketball Players Association. It states that players are typically subject to four random tests uh, for performance-based enhancing drugs during the season and two during the offseason. And the NBA used one of the tests to make sure the six foot one inch guard wasn't cheating. And of course, Mitchell passed the test with flying colors. He's just a bad boy. He even took to Twitter to joke about the test. It's 71 points. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, speaking of bad boys, Good Burger star Kel Mitchell is being called out by one of his kids. Mitchell's 21 year old daughter says her dad was a deadbeat narcissist. 
In a now-deleted TikTok video, the young woman says her dad provided for her financially by paying for high school tuition, college housing, and bought her her first car, but says that uh, he wasn't actively involved in her life. She cut her father off to show she could live independently. Now, that daughter is homeless and appeared to be upset uh, he didn't let her stay with his current wife and their young children. So far, Mitchell has not responded publicly to his daughter's allegations. Okay. Uh, family and friends say goodbye to Stephen Twitch Boss at a private ceremony in Los Angeles. We're told the funeral was small and intimate just for close family. Sources say a larger celebration is in the works uh, for those who were like family to Stephen. The TV personality and DJ for The Ellen Show died by suicide back on December 13th uh, at the age of 40, leaving behind a wife and three children. Now, if we could go back to that R. Kelly, uh, the uh, surviving R. Kelly, some mm -hmm. of the, the last episodes, not only um, did he have them sign a non-disclosure agreement, the parents decided not to press charges, he also gave them rights to, his, to three of his albums. So, you know, I remember this happening, I remember this going down and, and all the rumors, you know, this is prior to social media and all the prying and things that go on. You had to wait for Right On Magazine to get some gossip. So there was, there was so much being talked about. But, you know, you fast forward many years later and um, a lot of what you were hearing seems to, to, to be based on a little bit of truth that there was something, you know, that, that transpired between um, Aaliyah's parents uh, and, and R. Kelly. And so still just to this day talking about it, it's still touchy. Mm -hmm. I'm from Detroit, Aaliyah's from Detroit. We were able to connect during her career. Beautiful young lady. Uh, I have a girlfriend whose little sister and Aaliyah were best friends. And so it's still really touchy to talk about. But you know, um, what happened happened. And um, it's just really interesting that some of those rumors are now being confirmed. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and based on the documentary and based on recent reporting, uh, you know, it, it, it read like a bribe to me, mm -hmm. right? You mm -hmm. know, somebody who is, is signing over the rights to, to three really big albums, yes. three of his first albums, mm -hmm. uh, in exchange for this NDA, mm -hmm. um, that's what it read like to me. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's gonna be, um, interesting to see how this plays out, not just in the court of public mm -hmm. opinion, but you know, as we continue to um, to be more vigilant yeah. around issues related to sexual assault and mm -hmm. you know, folks that are you know, grooming young people mm -hmm. um, uh, and all the like. Yeah, and when talking about this case, you have to be careful because a lot of those involved aren't with us physically anymore. So yeah. you have to be really uh, careful uh, about uh, how you lay this thing out. Yeah. Well, still ahead, a man from Ghana is breaking world records. Your daddy's home country. That's right, what? that's right. We'll tell you about this amazing feat that this uh, man, young man, has accomplished. Coming up on Fox Souls Black Report. Welcome back. A man from Ghana named Sulmana Abdul Samed. How'd I do? You did made, well. Thank you. Made headlines after being recognized as the world's tallest man. That's right. The 29-year-old's height is recorded at Whoa. a whopping nine feet six inches. What? Good Lord, that's a lot of height. Mm -hmm. According to BBC, Samed has monthly hospital visits because of his gigantism condition, which occurs when an individual has excessive growth hormones, causing growth at an alarming rate. 
Samed's frequent checkups stem from medical professionals finding ways to help him comfortably adjust to his life as a giant and monitor any potential health complications. Yeah, Samed's height now surpasses the Guinness World Record held by a man from Turkey who stands at 8 feet 2.8 inches and whatever is on the opposite side of the spectrum that doesn't let you get height, that's what I have because I'm like five through on a good day. And that's why sometimes during a particular camera shot, you can see me stand on this I think it's all that here. fufu, that banku, that kanke, oh. all that jollof rice, on, all that okra stew, that peanut butter it. stew, right? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all of that that I'm sure is uh, helping to accelerate and that And teach growth. me real quick, you're half Ghanaian, because the way it's spelled, we were talking about this upstairs, it's a bit of a tongue twist. Just Ghanaian, just Ghanaian, Ghanaian. Ghanaian, but it's spelled Ghanaian and <laughs> it's good name. <laughs> yes. Thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate you as always. We sure do. We had a good time. We, we had a good time. Yeah. Lots of lots of great stories, mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to keep our eye on what's happening on Capitol Hill. Yeah. Uh, as of right now, that's uh, your the, jam. The that's eighth his jam. Vote. He the is eighth like, vote. Kevin McCarthy lost the eighth vote. <laughs> I gotta go watch. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm Courtney Hicks. I'm Nicole Cortez. Until next time, soulmates. Stay, stay lifted. lifted.